welcome to today's podcast. The topic today will be becoming eco-friendly. And I'm Louise, this is Diane. And before we start, we've got quite a few updates, haven't we, about what is coming up in the DCBN. So I know you're quite excited about this five-day marketing challenge. Tell us more, Diane. Yeah, so the five-day marketing challenge is going to be in a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for people taking part in the challenge, completely free of charge. And it's literally going to be five days, a challenge every single day, to get people to basically improve their marketing and hopefully gain sort of five customers at least in that one week. And that's what we're hoping for, isn't it? Five new customers, five days for five new customers. I think for a lot of people, that's that's what they're looking for. People are finding it tough at the moment. Yeah, so that starts officially on the 1st of May and we'll run all that week. But you can join the Facebook group before that um, and we'll be posting little mini challenges in there and, and interacting in the group while we're sort of getting started. And that's going to run all through April. You can join the Facebook group. What's the Facebook group called? It is called DCBN Five Day Marketing Challenge, I believe. (laughs) And that's available to everyone. You don't have to be a DCBN member. No. Awesome. And then as that finishes on the 5th of May, the big, the big announcement. We, I have been working since Christmas. It's been three months Um, We are about to release our biggest ever offering in the DCBN. We're going to release a course. Um, Now, we know that we have produced some fantastic content over the last three years. We know that we can get businesses to really boom. But what people have fed back to us is we haven't really focused on the startups, the solo cleaners. So what we've done is gone, right, we'll take all of our amazing knowledge And let's really look at what they need. And we've turned it into a really easy to use accessible course. It's got all the documents that you are going to need to get you to 50K from start up to 50K, all the documents. You've got video training. You have got little tasks all the way through. And those little tasks are the essential bits because every little task builds upon it we're going to go through software we're going to go through systems we are going to go through money we go through quoting we go through sales we go through what cleaning products you need there is hours and hours of videos I've seen it it is (laughs) jam-packed I think there's 23 chapters on everything you need so if you are thinking of starting a cleaning business or you've started, but you don't know if you're doing the right thing, you want to be more professional, you just want the right systems and processes in place to allow you and to get to 50K. Now, although we've said 50K, what this does is really gets you to the point where your business can really sort of then start to take on staff. So this is everything that you need before taking on staff because we know we've got that bit covered. So this is for people to get them in the right place so that when you take on staff, it will be an absolute doddle at that point. And if you're a solo cleaner and want to stay that way, we're just going to help you get so that you've got a really profitable business being a solo cleaner. Yeah, and that's the whole point. This is all about solo cleaners. And then one last thing, if you're already a member, what's what's the business clinic? Ah, so yeah, that's launching in April. So it's launching in mid-April. And this is a brand new once a month business clinic with either both Louise and I or or one of us, depending on our availability, where basically members are going to be able to join us on a, a Zoom meeting and ask questions pick our brains, get sort of individual advice from us. So if you enjoy the podcast, you're definitely going to enjoy the live business clinic. Yeah. And so that's available every single month. 
yeah. any subject are we laying ourselves open a bit too much absolutely. here Diane? Ask any us anything absolutely anything <laughs> and if we don't have the answers we will do very very quickly but um a lot of them are people i think what happens is a lot of people listen to the podcast the webinars there's lots of advice going out there but it's really hard sometimes to apply it to your individual situation isn't it yeah, and absolutely. So, no, yeah, we're going to leave ourselves completely open to helping you with whatever challenge you have. But yeah, it's members only once a month business clinic. Perfect. So on to today's subject. So our subject is becoming eco-friendly, but eco-friendly itself as a word. I think sometimes it's either misconstrued, it's used too much, it's too ambiguous. What's your thoughts on what is eco-friendly, Diane? Yeah, it's a really difficult thing to categorise when you're talking about a cleaning business. So does it mean the products that you're using are environmentally friendly? And what does that really mean if they're labelled eco-friendly or environmentally friendly? What does that mean? But also, is your business eco-friendly? Are some of your practices and the way you do things, are they looking after the environment as well? And not just the environment, but the natural resources and the resources that we use, isn't it? It's, it encompasses a lot, but there's an yes. awful, awful lot of misleading information and and sort of misunderstandings about it so we're going to cover a few different words so sustainability i think is a better word um in terms of the environmental sustainability i prefer that and i think it explains yeah. a lot of the times what we mean uh, you could mean carbon neutral so for example products could be carbon neutral could be absolutely toxic for the environment but carbon neutral yeah they're being um, offset in some way yeah yeah natural does it break down is there an impact on your health so again there's products that can be environmentally friendly but what impact does that have on you um oh it's it's a whole minefield and i think there's a lot of us that go it's so overwhelming where do we start yeah and absolutely that's what today's podcast is about and i think before we even go into it we're going to cover lots of different topics it's impossible to be perfect and you just have to go all right what I, I disagree I'm absolutely perfect <laughs> are you are you totally sustainably no, not no? at all no <laughs> and, and I think it is looking at it and go what's reasonable what's financially reasonable what's practical what can I do and I do think we should all do our very best because we've got one planet and we have to do that yeah absolutely so I'm going to come up with a few topics, Diane, that you don't know about yet. But um, and I'd like you to hear your thoughts and actually what you do. What do you, would you like to do to be as sustainable as possible? So first of all, travel. Are you going to swap to bikes? Um, I'm pretty sure for most domestic cleaning businesses, that's not entirely practical. So no, we probably won't. But when it comes to travel, actually, the geography of your clients can have an effect on that, can't it? Yeah. And grouping them really close together minimizes the travel or having your team. If you've got a team of five cleaners and they could walk from that little area. I'm talking about this working near central Manchester. You obviously cover a very much more rural area. You're going, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing as well is it's sort of why it's, it's you've always got to tailor things for your business and your location and your clients and your team haven't you but the reality is driving five miles in manchester is a lot more you probably use more petrol than driving 15 miles where my business is so you know it's they balance off against each other i suppose don't they but or then five yeah, minutes. essentially your cleaners could walk from one house to another but then they've still got equipment to carry Yes. Or do you use the client's equipment? Therefore, you don't have it. So you could walk more and you could use public transport. And that's an argument in favor of using the customer's equipment. It means that you're not transporting it. 
Yeah, and certainly in areas where there is good public transport, like Manchester and London and, and the cities, then yes, absolutely, you could have teams that actually don't need to be able to drive. But in our area, good luck with the public transport because we don't really have any. It's that once a week bus. That's yeah, not happening. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, around here, um, public tra- not just public transport, roads can get quite congested. So having a bike, I mean, a bike with a trailer is, we have bike lanes galore around me. Yeah. That's an option. I'm not sure I'd want to drive around with my Henry Hoover on the back of my trailer. Or, or no, and I, I suppose this is where it balances off between practicality and the environment, isn't it? That our business, you know, they carry a lot of equipment and certainly on our little country roads, it wouldn't be very safe for our team to use bikes. And on a city road, it can be quite dangerous to use a bike sometimes as well, can't it? So from a health and safety perspective, I would be concerned. Um, but But for me, grouping clients geographically cuts down on not just the cost of traveling but of course the environmental impact of us using our cars and driving from client to client and the team love it as well so it has a a good bonus to have your clients group doesn't it yeah okay next one products so obviously there's lots of different products I'm not going to cover every different type but I'm going to cover some of the major ones so very natural lemon vinegar baking soda but bicarb uh I see them all over the place. What's your take on these really natural products for a professional cleaning company? Because at home, oh my gosh, I love them, using them all over the place. How reasonable is that to scale up to to really being a professional using them? Yeah, I think as a solo cleaner, I wouldn't have an issue if I was a solo cleaner. I think that could be something you could get really get on board with and I think your clients would love it. But as a, a business with staff, the practical has to come into that and also the science so how can we label them correctly you know you need to know what's in every single thing your team are using so I would be concerned about it from from a health and safety perspective again how do you label them and also like you said scaling up okay so what are you going to do have a little factory in the back and that's manufacturing cleaning products Well, well you could just issue them with vinegar a dilute solution of vinegar you know lemon juice you can buy it from tesco's you can buy lemon juice um i mean would it really be that hard do you need a factory i believe that you could just send them out with your tesco shop um, I think from a cost point of view, that would probably be prohibitive. But I also would worry about them using products that are not designed for that purpose. Now, that's one point. Does it invalidate insurance? Yeah. What if you cause damage by using vinegar on something that you shouldn't be using vinegar on or lemon juice? They're both quite acidic. They are. And then this is one thing that's quite hard because as claims, why shouldn't we use this? We know they work. We know that acid is really good. Get it down the toilets, break down your lime scale. Really good. But actually, if the insurance companies are saying, well, you can only use things that are designed for use on that. Well, lemon juice was not designed for use on, you know, what is it? You wrap your um, shower head in. I love this. Wrap the shower head with a bag of vinegar in it or dilute vinegar. um, And that breaks down all the uh, lime scale really good but actually where does that leave us from the insurance point of view probably not ideal i don't think the insurance company will be at all impressed if you were using products that aren't technically used for professional cleaning that's really tough isn't it but then i know i've used some products called um what is it distilled vinegar it's a cleaning product it's a spray and it's got the full um 
label on the back. Labeled, it tells you where you can and can't use it, and it tells you about dilution rates. And that's the challenge when you're doing this on a professional basis. So what we're saying is actually use it, but use it as a cleaning product rather than a baking product, because these products do exist. And I know one of the best degreasers is um, orange. What's it called? Orange oil. Brilliant degreaser. But what you're buying in the shops to eat can be different to what you're then using. Uh, So what we're saying is the products are great. Everything's derived from a natural source, but you need it used in a cleaning product form. Yeah, I can. Yeah, completely. For me, it's all about the labeling. I need to know that what my team are using is designed for what it's being used for and that they they can see it. Like I said, dilution rates, they know which surfaces they can and can't use it on. Okay, love that. That that doesn't mean that they can't use cleaning products that are more environmentally friendly. What do you mean by that? Well, some of the some of the cleaning product ranges, they've got, you know, they've got sort of different ways of sort of labeling them as more or less environmentally friendly than others um i don't know i don't know what's coming so i don't know whether we're going to talk about actual <laughs> cleaning products and their sort of environmental credentials shall we say so i think this is hard isn't it because actually where do you find out their environmental credentials and if we talked about obviously uh, lemon juice and, and vinegar and things they're natural products but then there are eco-friendly products but but actually, I'm going to sort of almost skip that stage because it's the eco cleaning, eco friendly cleaning products that we all jump to and go, well, I'm using those products. Therefore, I run an eco cleaning, eco friendly, getting the words wrong, eco friendly cleaning business. But actually, pr- I'm going to take you back to pre pandemic, Diane. We're going to go back whoa, three, four years ago now. And there was a big trend in the cleaning industry towards using no products. Um, and we saw the likes of e-cloth and there are various other manufacturers. I liked Enyo, I'm going to say it wrong, Enjo, Enyo. Um, there were a lot of cloths coming out and it was a big promotion to really moving away from products. Do you remember this? Are you yeah, with me? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole cleaning industry was moving away. And then along came someone who's going to remain nameless who has now bought a big farm off the back of selling a lot of products um but the whole industry was moving towards water only cleaning what do you think of water only cleaning as a professional cleaner the challenge with water only cleaning i and and i don't have a huge amount of experience in this is that how much more physical labor is involved um because there's no dwell time with water only cleaning um so yeah so that would be my but it should be how we all move forward in our homes, but I'm not sure in the professional world it's possible. See, I find this quite interesting because I think there's always that balance because yes, you may, and I actually agree, you should use a few chemicals in maybe the kitchen and bathroom. I've got to say, I still don't use it on my own, but actually the lounge, the dining room, the bedrooms, do you really need any chemicals? No, you don't. No, we, we, we just damp dust all rooms like that. We, we don't use any chemicals at all. They're not, they're not needed for that. And then we've got, and I'm going to be aware of the American viewers here, Fairy Liquid in the UK. I believe it's called Dawn in the US. So hello, our US followers. We have quite a few of them there. Dawn um, dish soap. I see that quite a lot. Yeah. Dish soap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why can't you clean the entire house with Dawn or Fairy Liquid? Probably could, to be fair. It's a really good product. <laughs> um, but we don't. Why don't you <laughs> use it? So, so this comes back to our two-step cleaning, doesn't it? So you've got the cleaning step and then you've got the disinfecting step and that's how cleaning should be done. And I think 
what you've got is your Dawn, your Fairy Liquid, your water-only cloths, that cleans. But then we've had a big push to actually, do we want everything disinfected? And that's and what I think we said at the beginning about COVID, isn't it? Is that it became a case of let's just chuck chemicals at everything. And we moved yeah. completely in the opposite direction. And then we sort of came into disinfecting. And now are we back at the point where do we want everything disinfected? I mean, what are we actually trying to remove from your house? Because the reality is, even if we disinfected every surface, it would be reinfected pretty quickly from the air, wouldn't it? We've always taken the view in our business, COVID accepted, that we're not there to disinfect people's homes. They live in them. <laughs> it's it's their germs, if you like. We're not really there to disinfect the whole home. There are certain areas that we will aim to disinfect, but it's not really our job for most rooms, is it? Okay, so if we're not disinfecting and you're only cleaning, then could you just use cloths? If you can clean, and let's say a cloth can clean, do we really need a product? Do we need our Dawn or Fairy Liquid? Could well, we do we, it with cloth? We've definitely cut down on the products that we use. I mean, part, partly from a carrying things around perspective, but also there's only a small range of products that you actually need for certain tasks. But I'm not sure you could clean a greasy kitchen with just an e-cloth. Love it. <laughs> this is where you throw in your orange oil but no but the point you, is you could just imagine the elbow grease and i mean the physical elbow grease not the product that you would have to throw in to to clean a whole kitchen with just an e-cloth or two and and this is going to come on i'm going to come back to some of our other ones but actually one of the things that you've pointed out there is uh, okay actually what's the customer going to think if you yeah. turn up with just a bag of cloths <laughs> your 10 cloths which i don't think is enough by the way but um I mean, what's the customer going to think? I'm not using any chemicals. They're like, really? Do you want a bottle of polish? And you're going, no, no, I don't need to spray silicon all over it. No. And to be fair, we, we have cut our product usage down in kitchens and bathrooms. Well, we've, we've always done it this way, but we do cut it down by, we always start with a base of hot soapy water. Um, but my point is customers. So the biggest thing about any change is customer perception. And I know one of the things that a lot of our um, cleaners have faced as you move away from heavily perfumed products, which hopefully the whole industry is moving towards. So we don't need to be using unicorn dust and wild rhubarb and yeah. all those lovely natural breeze. flavors. Yeah. Yeah, these are, yeah, anyway, um, what do customers think? And I think that's one of the things about changing is you move to your more eco-friendly products and you're not massively pushing, saying, oh, I'm eco-friendly this and I'm eco-friendly that. How do you manage customers' expectations when you say, I don't actually need to use a chemical on that? They've been brought up, a lot of them in the 70s, 80s, 90s, where their learning is from adverts or maybe their parents and it's spray chemicals everywhere. Yeah. And we, we do a, an element of education of our clients when they sign up with us in that a lot of our cleaning is the physical activity, not the product. Because, yeah, you're right. Everybody's been educated, um, if you can call it that, by advertising that every these products that they're selling you will, will mean you don't have to put any physical effort in. That's the reality. But that's not really the truth, is it? <laughs> oh, don't you love the adverts? Spray and wipe. And I'm going, oh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> you can clean in an, an oven with one wipe. Did you know that? Yeah, absolutely. If only. Yeah. <laughs> All the gunk and the dirty cloths. And yeah, no, none of that really happens. Not in adverts anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I think the reality for eco-friendly cleaning and for all cleaners is you have to educate the customers you have to yeah. tell them what you're doing and it's almost you have to shout about it you can't just expect them to know and understand what you're making the choices on 
No. And we will often be educating the client that, you know, the reason we try and not, you know, we, we do use products, absolutely, kitchen and bathrooms, and we use products, but that we try not to use products is because we don't want to damage surfaces, it's better for the environment, and it's also better for our cleaners' health. Have you got a few cleaners there that you go, please, you do not need to use that on there. Please, you could use a damp cloth. Why are we spraying this spray all over the cloth just to really dampen the cloth? You must have come across this. Yeah, well, that's why we we try and use a base of hot soapy water for pretty much everything. Okay, um, right, disposable or reusable things, Diane. We we've definitely gone down the reusable route. I would be horrified at the amount of things that we would be throwing away if we didn't use reusable cloths. And, and this comes on to actually the bottles and the products you're buying. If you're choosing to go down the eco-friendly route and you're buying a spray bottle each time, what are you doing? The amount of plastic you would get through is unbelievable. And I'll tell you what really shocked me, toilet cleaning bottles. So if you're buying either your toilet cleaner or your bleach, which totally disagree with putting your bleach down the toilet, but whatever, um, you get through so many bottles, don't you? Yeah, we just we just don't use it anymore. No, we don't either. And it's about buying from concentrate. And if the only step you take is buying from concentrate, well, that's classed as eco-friendly in some people's eyes anyway. Yeah, yeah because you're refilling your spray bottles. OK, next question. Where are your products produced? There's a big trend. Let's have some Spanish cleaner, Spanish cleaning products. Yeah, well, I don't know where that came from. Why, why are Spanish cleaning products special? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Produced in China, produced all over the place. How far are you shipping yours from? Do you know? So when we first started, we had a manufacturer round the corner. Um, Plant-based cleaning products, they were really good. But do you know what? He went out of business. And that's the reality, isn't it, of producing. But yeah, that, that's a big part of your carbon footprint, shall we say, if the products are being imported. Yeah. And there are plenty of UK based manufacturers, aren't there? There are some good ones here. So it's worth having a look. Where are they actually coming from? Yeah, so, um, and lastly, because I know this has to be a relatively brief one here. Um, cost savings. It does it cost less to be eco friendly or sustainable? Well, if, if you, your first step is to use professional products, absolutely 100 percent it will. But. Other things, I suppose it does, because if you're using less product, that costs you less money. If you're reusable using cloths. products, it costs, yeah, reusable cloths. That means it's saving you money. Obviously, you've got laundry costs, though, so you have to think about those. And if you're tightening your geography of your clients, that saves you money on travel time and, and, and mileage allowances and that sort of thing, doesn't it? So, yeah, it, it can be cost effective to be eco-friendly, of course. Yeah, even carrying Why, why are more of us not doing it? I think I definitely find like people always say to me, are you eco-friendly as a company? And I sort of am like, oh, you know, that's quite a hard one to answer. Do I follow the best practice on all of these? Absolutely. Yes. And I see people that are promoting themselves as eco-friendly and they're not doing as much as me. And I'm going, but I feel like I personally, unless I was doing absolutely everything to be eco-friendly, I'm a bit like, it's such a, it's a bit greenwashing, isn't it? I don't yeah. want to go out and sell. We're good on other so many other things. I don't need to sell it. But yeah, we definitely do everything we possibly can to. And I think there's, you say about greenwashing. I think there's been quite a lot of that in the cleaning product industry, hasn't there? And then, you know, where they've got 
I'm not going to talk about any particular products, but they've got green ticks or they've got this information. But it's really a bit of a minefield, isn't it, to figure out which ones are environmentally friendly, because sometimes it's the the contents that aren't environmentally friendly, but the way that they've packaged it or the way that they they import it or they it travels is environmentally friendly. It doesn't always mean the chemicals themselves are environmentally friendly. Um, and, so that's, and that's one, difficult. There's one particular one that hit the news about a year ago where they had an environmentally friendly chemical. It was bought out by a different supplier that tested on animals, even though they never tested that particular brand on animals and they lost their uh, certified credentials. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was and, a big we, and we've got um, obviously in the, the DCBM, we've got some some great chemical suppliers. And I know we've got one that's, you know, vegan certified. And but then there's, there's also we've got one that's that's called sustainable about planting trees, isn't it? So it's, you know, how are things being offset, I suppose, is important as well when it comes to chemicals. Yeah. And I think if you're planted, if you know that your manufacturer of chemicals for every bottle you bought planted a tree, that's really good. I love that. And I know Lime Supply are really good at sharing this information. So when you buy from them, it is all about being eco-friendly. You know, it doesn't matter what range you buy, they're going to give you the correct information. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I suppose there's no sort of short answer, is there? We we, we believe that being eco-friendly can actually cost you less money. So from just for that reason, but also it's the world, isn't it? So we, we've all got to do our little bit, haven't we? But we also have to be aware that greenwashing is out there and you're buying something off the shelf that maybe it's not as green as it claims. So I'm going to get off this if this podcast and go and promote all the good things that we do do. Let's tell the world because we definitely are not telling customers enough. No, definitely not. Yeah. And like you said, you have to re-educate your customers. Cleaning products should not smell of unicorn dust. <laughs> no. Well, there's no such thing. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we hope that everybody is uh, having a bit of a think about their products, their processes, their methods, and actually what could they do? What could you change today to do a little bit more for our planet? Um, thank you very, very much. If you're listening to this while cleaning, keep going. You're doing a great job. And um, remember, we've got lots coming up. We've got the Getting to 50K course launching in May. We've got the live business clinic for DCBM members only and the free five-day marketing challenge coming up in, on the 1st of May. So join that Facebook group now. Thanks, Louise.